Thank you so much, praise team, for declaring the glory of God in this place. I think it'd be in order to give him one more hand clap. I will declare this before we even begin this morning. I will say this. Hell is terrified that the church would actually become convinced of what they declare with their mouths in praise and worship. I'm going to say it again. Hell is terrified that the church would become convinced of what they declare with their mouths in praise and in worship. If you and I left this place this morning and we knew in our guts, if we knew in our soul that God was able, hell would tremble. I'm telling you this morning, God is able. Hallelujah. He desires to do great and mighty things in our midst. I believe it with my whole heart today. Somebody say amen. amen. We're going to look to the book of Revelation, the Revelation no less. John the Revelator writing in the chapter, uh, chapter 4, the fourth division of Revelation. Our pastor's not with us this morning. We bless him. We thank the Lord for his ministry, for his leadership. Amen. Glory to God. And this morning, as we look to the Word of God, you're going to see something that you may have never seen before. How many ever watched big time wrestling when you were a kid? Shame on y'all. No, I'm just kidding. There's something called tag teams. Tag team. And this morning, we're doing tag team preaching. We're not doing independent sermons, but in one mind, in the name of Jesus, and in one accord, we are going to declare unto you the Word of God. A few of us from the ministry team, I'm thankful for the ministry team, those that will minister this morning and those that minister faithfully. Amen. One quick announcement. Ready now is upon us. Everyone say, ready now is here. Our kickoff is next week, March 18th. You will not want to miss it. It's going to be incredible. There will be amazing media, amazing vision. It is going to be a time that you will remember from here this day forward. Hallelujah. You will receive phone calls. Many of you are going to receive phone calls this week reminding you about this service. Don't be alarmed. Answer. Say praise the Lord. Answer the questions and answer the call. Commit to be here and be a part of Ready Now. Somebody say, I'm in. Amen. The testimony cards that were handed out, if you have an elaborate testimony and there were 44 uh, doctor's visits and God made a way 16 different times, let me tell you something. Put down and say, he healed my body, talk to me. That's all you got to do. Make it short, make it sweet. Turn it in today. This plays into the Ready Now campaign. As we go before, uh, as God has gone before us and we go into the campaign, we are going to declare the testimonies that have been established here. Don't get nervous. You're not going to get embarrassed. Nobody's going to use your testimony without talking to you first. So fill it out. Somebody say fill it out. And to God be the glory. I want to honor my family this morning, my son and my daughter. Uh, uh, Braylon is here. Brooklyn is not here this, today, but I honor Marla and Kedrick and Braylon. And I love my, my, uh, my eldest daughter, Brooklyn, of course. And she's not here today. I won't say anything to embarrass her, but I miss her and I love her. Praise the name of Jesus. Revelation 4 and 1. Look to the word with me. John speaks after this. I looked. And behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne was set in heaven and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardinia stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats. And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting clothed in white raiment. And they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto a crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion. And the second beast was like a calf. And the third beast had a face as a man. And the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him. And they were full of eyes within and they rest not day and night saying, Holy holy 
holy Lord God almighty which was and is and is to come the scripture says they said it they didn't sing it they said holy 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 Lord God almighty which was and is and is to come somebody say holy somebody declare his holiness in the sanctuary right now holy 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 and when those Beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne. It makes me feel like it right now so I can relate to the elders. The ones who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created. I want to look back at Revelation chapter 4 verse 1. After this, I looked and behold. Someone say, I looked and behold. Someone say, a door was opened. Amen. Let's move to verse 2. And immediately I was in the spirit. Someone say, immediately. Someone say, we've got to be ready now. In the spirit. Someone say it. And a throne was set in heaven and one sat on the throne. Someone say a throne. Amen. Skipping down to verse 7. The first beast was like a lion, say a lion. The second like a calf, say a calf. The third had a face of a man, say the face of a man. And the fourth was like a flying eagle, say the flying eagle. In the name of Jesus, we are going to minister humbly before you today, before the throne of God. Hallelujah. I feel his presence in this place. I would ask you to join me. Let's go there now. Father God, I pray right now that you would be here and that you would move. We need a visitation of your holy presence. I pray right now, God, that your word would come forth, that each and every ear would be unstopped and would be quick to hear, Father, that you would remove the scales from our eyes this morning God that we would see you clearly I pray that as the word of truth is declared that our faith would be quickened in this house God I pray for a deliverance Jesus I thank you for the realization of promise Lord make us safe to the people in the name of Jesus I pray I give you glory for it and I bless your holy name let's do it together now Hallelujah. You may be seated in the house of the Lord before the throne of God. Before the throne of God. If we could see, someone say see, our world with spiritual eyes this morning. The truth is that we would see principalities. And we would see powers and we would see rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness. It is true. These exist in the spirit world. We would see that which wars after the soul of men and of women and that would prey upon the children of men. But let me say this. We would also see, <laughs> if we could see with spiritual eyes, we would see that the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Hallelujah. Our confidence in this place would surge indeed because greater is he, as Brother Colbert already said, without controversy, greater is he. There is no argument this morning. Greater is he that is in you and I because we've been blood bought because we've been baptized into the name of Jesus Christ because we've been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world greater is he that is in us than any power of darkness if we could see through spiritual eyes we would see that our prayers and the declaration of our faith mobilizes heaven if we could see through spiritual eyes we would see there's a mighty host that has gone before us if we could see for just a moment where the Lord has brought us from and what he has reserved for us that love him and are called according to his purpose our hearts would be overwhelmed this morning I want to declare to you today he has put power inside of you 
He has put power inside of you. There is power, even power of the Holy Ghost in you and in me. Praise the name of Jesus. He's put life in you and I. It's important someone say see again. It's important that somebody see this morning. Look at your neighbor and say, can you see? Amen. John the Revelator, the scripture says, looked. And behold, a door was opened unto him. It started when he looked. The angel of the Lord appeared unto Moses in a flame of fire in the midst of a bush. And Moses said, I will now see this great sight. He was determined to see. He declared the seeing, if you will. I believe I'm standing before a people that desire to see. To see the promises of God fulfilled. Let me tell you, you have a choice to make this morning. And if you so choose you can see it hallelujah through the eyes of faith can you see what the Lord is doing church can you see him high and lifted up can you see his train filling the temple when we talk about his train we're talking about the hem of that garment don't you know that's where virtue flows I believe there's virtue in the house of God this morning filling every part of this sanctuary friend of mine brother and sister of mine body of Christ that we are fitly joined together many members but how many bodies one body if we can see this morning there is a door that is opened in heaven it is a door into dimensions that we have not known it is a door into deliverance that we have not seen it is a door into the divine it is a door of destiny and I've come to challenge you this morning can you see it I can't answer for you, but I've come out of my prayer closet and I've seen it. I've seen it and I want the words of my mouth to bear the testimony of the glory of God that I have seen on display at the Tree of Life Church. That the waters of baptism are going to be stirred. That God is breaking chains. That God is making a way. That God is going to bring the dead to life and the recovering of sight to the blind. I can see it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 16, I will tarry at Ephesus. Why, Paul? For a great door and an effectual door is opened unto me. Jesus said one chapter earlier than our text, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and sup with him. The psalmist understood that a day in thy courts, God, is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wicked. These doors that I've just alluded to, and scripture is rife with them, there is yet another one that is set before us. A door that is before the tree of life church. I wonder if anybody recalls who the scripture declares that the door is. That door is Jesus. He has shown up, and you and I have got to walk in the spirit immediately in the spirit. Someone say, I'm ready now. There is an urgency to what the Lord wants to do. We are to be empowered by the Spirit to accomplish His work in the earth, in this city, at this time. John said immediately. The door was open, a voice spoke, and John said immediately, I was in the Spirit. When's the last time that in a moment you were immediately in the Spirit? My God in heaven, church, we don't have time for the cares of this life. We don't have time to set the mood. We have got to walk in the spirit and we've got to be ready to do so now. It is an urgency that is immediate. Hallelujah. If we walk in the spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We've got to walk in the spirit. We've got to live in the spirit. We've got to be renewed in the spirit. We pray always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit worshiping in the spirit my God in heaven what if our flesh was crucified for just a moment if we were in the spirit it's in the spirit that you and I could find ourselves standing before the throne of God and I know what's happening here this morning I got up and I blew up on you and my voice is high and there's urgency and I'm hollering at everybody I looked at the clock and I said, my goodness, the hour is late. I've got to rush into this. 
I might have lost some of you at the turn, but hear what the Lord is saying to your soul today. He desires to do something that you have never seen before. He desires to take you into a dimension that you've never experienced before. We've heard the testimonies of the elders and those that have gone before. We read in this great book about waters being parted hither and thither. But what I'm trying to impart into your spirit today is that God wants to do greater things. It is his desire. It is his desire. Friend, it's needful that we entertain the presence of the Lord. It's needful that we position ourselves before the throne. There are in that great throne room mighty things. Great and mighty things. They are that that God would see established in the church. The four beasts that John saw, full of eyes, full of vision, full of seeing. They are that which God desires to see exemplified, made alive in the church of the living God. Brother Colbert said, that we have to realize before we can ever realize in the physical anything that we desire we have to see it in the spiritual and with that I want to bring brother Ashley Dixon and the first beast was like unto a lion amen hallelujah hallelujah the very mention of the name lion inevitably will evoke images in your mind and if I had to guess this morning, I would say that some of those images would involve strong being, having strength, having power, and also having boldness, boldness as a lion. And that's what we want to focus on this morning. Now, me, like much of you, probably have not been on a safari, and my encounters with lions have been limited to the zoo. And we observe lions from the safe side of the enclosure, and we probably don't know a whole lot more about lions beyond what we can see with our eyes and what we can surmise that they are, in fact, at the top of the food chain. But we likely know little else about a lion. Now, I am always, me personally, I'm always looking for a practical application, for a practical understanding of what the Scripture says that I can take and I can try to understand and process in my mind. Now, I'm here to declare this morning that there are some amazing attributes about lions that perhaps we are not familiar with today, but I want to point out to you, and I believe draw very uh, powerful, very distinct spiritual applications. The first one is this. Young lions can kill and take care of themselves at two years old. Two years old. One of the enemy's tactics in the church is to tear down people's confidence. There have been more people that have been taken out in the church because of lack of confidence in themselves or in their God than by any other method. I'll remind you this morning that David, when he took down Goliath, was only about 10, 11, 12 years old. How was he able to do that? Why? Because he had a relationship with his God and because he had confidence in the one that had saved him, the one that had set him free, the one that had taken care of him time and time before that. Amen. You have every reason this morning to be confident in your God that he is able, that he has power. Amen. That he can use you, that the kingdom can be better because you are there. Because you are there. Amen. You can do great things for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You have a ministry. Amen. God is willing to use you. God is wanting to use you. The second thing I would like to bring to our attention this morning is that African lions are the most social of all big cats and live together in groups or prides, they're called. Now, you can, you can try to make it on your own if you want to. That's fine. You have every right and every, every reason. If you want to, you're welcome to do that on your own. But I can give you example after example after example of people that tried to make it on their own and ultimately did not succeed in their endeavor to make it on their own. We're more connected than ever. Can I get a witness in the church this morning? And we have never been so isolated. We have never been so isolated in our world that we live in. I remind you again today of this story in the Bible, that when Jesus Christ was tempted of the devil, the devil took him apart and isolated him in order to try to change his mind, in order to, in order to affect him in a negative way. He isolated him. And still today, 
the attack of the enemy is to isolate people and make them feel like they are not a part. That is not going to happen at Tree of Life Church. I declare it this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You have a part in God's kingdom. Amen. And it's right here at Tree of Life Church. Amen. Come to church. Amen. Enjoy fellowship one with another. Amen. Hearing the word of God is wonderful and it is vital. Amen. But there is a great importance in having fellowship one with another. Amen. And I believe it today. Number three, when taking over new territory or a new pride, some male lions will form a coalition of a group of three or four males. They will fight the resident dominant male lion, often to the death, to claim territory. Now, it is no accident in my mind that the Calvary Church, Grace Point Church, and the Tree of Life Church have come together in unprecedented unity in the past several years. It is no, amen, surprise to me that, that we are declaring that we are taking territory from the enemy. Amen. God can do anything with a people that are unified, amen, with one mind in one place and one accord. It is no accident that during this period of time, we have expanded the land. Amen. It is no accident to me that we have experienced growth in the Lord during this period of time because of unity among our congregations. Amen. We have only just begun to receive the harvest that God has for us. Number four, lions are successful hunters by working together. They hunt using teamwork and rely more on strength than on speed to catch and to kill prey. Pastor cannot do this work on his own. He is a wonderful man. I love him dearly. Amen. I would follow him to the ends of the earth. But he cannot do it on his own. He is only but one man. And I can't speak for you this morning, but I can speak for my family. And I will say today that the Dixon family, amen, is ready to work. Amen. We're ready to put our shoulder to the plow. And we're ready to see Cincinnati change because of the power of the holy God of heaven. Amen. And the work that he can do through his church. Hallelujah. 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 And I'll be honest this morning, there were points in time where I was doubtful whether we would ever get to where we are at this morning. Amen. This has not been a speedy process by any stretch of the imagination. But we're ready now and we're stronger than we were before. We're stronger than we were before. And because we're stronger, and then since we've already expanded the land, now we're going to go in with boldness and we're going to take the land. Amen. We're going to possess it. Amen. We're going to claim the promises of God. And our city is going to be changed because of it. Amen. Hallelujah. Number five, an adult lion needs to consume about 15 pounds of meat a day and are not afraid to take on prey much larger than they are. I've even seen lions take down an elephant. Take down an elephant. We need to be consuming a healthy amount of the things that will nourish the spiritual man. Amen. I'm not talking about kale or quinoa or quinoa, sorry, or tofu. And with those in mind, I would say, get thee behind me, Satan. The Bible does not say anything about the broccoli of life. Does not say the broccoli of life. The Bible says the bread of life. And that's what I'm talking about this morning. We need the bread of life. Hallelujah, down in our soul. Now, I lived in France for a year, and I know a thing or two about fresh bread. And let me tell you, it is a beautiful thing. And there are a few things on this earth that smell better than fresh bread. I want to get a witness this morning on that one. Amen. But you can't get any value out of that bread unless you consume it. It will look pretty all day long, but if you leave it there too long, it will be as hard as a rock. But if you will consume, amen, the bread, it will provide value to your body. Now, you can't really understand all the power that's at your disposal until you have been convinced that the word of God is true and that the exploits that are declared there actually happened. The Bible says these things. The Bible says in Proverbs 30 and 30, a lion, which is the strongest among beasts, and turneth not away for any. Isaiah 31 and 4 declares, for thus hath the Lord spoken unto me, like as the lion and the young lion roaring on his prey, when the multitude of shepherds is called forth against him, 
He will not be afraid of their voice, nor abase himself, nor the noise of them. So shall the Lord of hosts come down and fight for Mount Zion and for the hill thereof. Now we can't know, we can't fully experience, amen, and understand what God can do unless we've gotten into the word, amen, and understand that God has done a great work in the past and he is doing a great work right now, amen, and it's by the word of God that we know those things this morning. Number six, the roar of an adult male lion can be heard up to five miles, five miles away. Their roar helps them find other lions and proclaim their territory. Now, I wonder this morning, as Brother Duvall mentioned a moment ago, I wonder this morning what would happen if all the church would speak faith and pray with authority, if they would pray like they knew their God was all-powerful. What if the church went ahead and boldly opened their mouth and claimed territory instead of tiptoeing around wondering if he's able to do it. Now, I'm just going to tell you this morning, I am claiming individuals, amen, families, and individuals that are lost, that have broken homes within a five-mile radius of Tree of Life Church, and God is going to do a work in their life. Do you believe it this morning? Why not? Why not? God is able. God is able. God has the power. God can do it. God has the strength. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And lastly, number seven, estimates say that it is possible that the African lion may be extinct by the year 2050. Even though they once roamed the globe from Europe to Africa, the Middle East, North America, and Northern India, and now mostly are confined to Africa, their greatest threat is the loss of habitat. The greatest loss of habitat is what is affecting them the most. The enemy would have us believe that we are on the way out. The enemy would have us believe that our time and our position of authority has passed. That people are no longer interested in the peace that passes all understanding. That deliverance is overrated. That the power of God is just a myth, some mystical thing that we talk about, amen, with grandiose ideas, but it's not really real. That the days of Christian values being highly respected are things of the past, that building a new sanctuary is a waste of time, and that these efforts are just fruitless acts, amen, by a group of people that have some, amen, fanciful faith in some mystical creature that may or may not bring something to pass. And yet, despite all those things that we would hear anywhere and everywhere in the marketplace, we stand, quite literally, we stand in the Tree of Life Church with folks hanging from the rafters, with kids stuffed in rooms that are way too small, and in a sanctuary that is overflowing routinely out into the vestibule. And I am declaring this morning, amen, with all the boldness of a lion, amen, that God is going to pour out his spirit in unprecedented ways, and that this is our time, and that now is the place where we reside. And I claim with boldness this morning, that we are going to take the land, that it is ours, and that the door is open unto us to pursue this purpose and to possess it. Hallelujah. Yes, let's receive that right now. Hallelujah. Let's receive that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Brother Ashley. Thank you, Brother Brian. I can just tell you that we've not discussed this message at all. Aside from pastor giving us direction as to what scriptures to preach from, we have not discussed this, and I can already see a common theme that we're all talking about, because God is calling his church to be united in this day. Hallelujah. God is calling his people, and when I say his church, I mean his people, the ones that he is calling out of darkness and into his marvelous light. He's calling us to be unified in this day and hour, church. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm going to bring before you the, uh, the calf before the throne of God. Some translations have the ox or the bullocks. But what that means is sacrifice. What that means is sacrifice. And even if I just hear the word sacrifice, I can't think of anything else except for the cross. I can only think of the cross when I hear sacrifice. And can I say we're not going to see that throne of God if we don't see the cross. We're going to have to see that cross first. 
And, and we may be at a point where sometimes we don't talk about the cross as much as we should, although Easter's coming up and we'll be talking about it. But maybe the stories have been told so many times that we've kind of forgotten or we let that go and get out of our minds. But that is the sacrifice that we have to look to. Jesus Christ on that cross, that is the ultimate sacrifice. That's the sacrifice of love. And that's the first thing I think about when I think about a sacrifice. I think about Jesus hanging on that cross. I think about him on that day of Calvary, up on that cross on the hill of Golgotha, seeing so many pilgrims from all over Israel coming in to celebrate Passover. Meanwhile, there he is on the cross, knowing that he is the one true sacrifice knowing that he was the only true sacrifice. But here they are bringing their sacrifices into, the, into Jerusalem, thinking that if I can just get into Jerusalem, if I can just take this sacrifice into Jerusalem this year, and maybe it'll be received, and maybe it'll be good, and maybe it'll be a better year. Maybe God will, will bless me this year. Maybe God will change my circumstances. Maybe God will do something different for me with this sacrifice that I'm bringing that I've traveled miles with. Meanwhile, they're not even looking up on the hill of Golgotha and saying, there's the sacrifice. There's the sacrifice right there. I'm trying to get my perfect sacrifice. Meanwhile, the priests are taking their sacrifices and saying, oh, this isn't good enough. We have to sell you one of ours and taking it back around the corner and then selling it to the next person. That's what the enemy wants us to think. Is our sacrifice good enough? The sacrifice was already good enough. The veil was torn. That's the sacrifice, church. Hallelujah. That's what I think about when I think about sacrifice. I think about the life of Jesus. His whole life was a sacrifice. I think about that whole life. And when he finally called those 12 to follow him and say, come with me. Follow me. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to train you up. and I'm going to help you to, to advance my kingdom on this earth. And he taught them and spent time investing in those 12 because he knew those 12 could make a difference. And if we can just change one other person, what difference can they make? That's what sacrifice is. Meanwhile, they had to be trained. They had to be taught. They had to understand. Well, what is he teaching us? What do I have to know? And what do I have to understand? Instead of saying, well, which one of us is going to be greatest? Jesus had to say, no, no, no. That's not what it's all about. It's not about which one of you is going to be the greatest. It's about my kingdom. It's not about being, having a selfish servant attitude. A selfless servant attitude is what he was telling them. He said, see this child? That's what I want you to be like. Because children back then didn't have much worth. And he said, the last of you will be the first of you. We have to get away from thinking, well, who am I and where do I fit in in this kingdom and what importance is me and how, how much do I matter and is my sacrifice better than this person's? Is my sacrifice the best? Is my calling the best? We're all called into this church. We're all called into this kingdom. We're all called to do this work. And we can't get caught up in what am I doing or what are they doing? I want to know what am I doing, Jesus? What are you calling me to do, Lord? Because that's what I need to focus on is what are you having me do? Amen. What do you want me to do, Jesus? So he spent time investing in them, investing in them. This is how you do it. Go out. And they had to get to that point where they understood this isn't about who's going to be the best of us. Because on that day of Pentecost, it said they were all of one accord. That's where this church needs to be. That's where we have to be in one accord if we're going to reach this city. If we're going to become the tree of life, we better be of one accord. It's not about whose sacrifice is best. It's about being in one accord. If God can get us in that place where we're together, where we're sacrificing together, and we're not bitter or angry about the other person's sacrifice or the other person's giftings or the other person's blessings, but we're saying, I'm bringing my sacrifice to you, Lord, each and every day, and I'm going to see what you do with it. That's where we need to be. That's where Jesus was calling them to be, to be of one accord on that day of Pentecost. Thank you, Jesus. And I think about where we're at today and, and what God has done with the tree of life and what God is doing here in this congregation with everybody sitting in here right now or hearing this service, however they're hearing it. That's where we're at today. And we've been called to this place. Every one of us have been called to this place. And we have an amazing pastor who is leading us through this, 
who is directing us and taking us into this expansion and into this tree of life and into this healing of nations. That's where we're at today. So I don't want to be caught up in who's greatest. I don't want to be caught up in who's doing the most or who's getting the most credit or if my, if my sacrifice matters. That's not what it's about. This is where we're at, church. This is where we're going. A pastor has been called to lead us. We've all been called here. Right now, I can look around and see the faces and all the people that have came from all the different areas and what road has brought you here. Some have been here for years. Some have only been here for a few weeks. But God has brought you here for a reason. God has brought every one of us here for a reason. And pastor is the one that he has put over this congregation to lead and to change and do something in this city. And we can't get caught up in, well, why are we doing it this way? Why is it going this way? I don't know. I don't know if it's perfect for me. I don't know if it's perfect for you. All I know is that's where we're going. And that's what we got to focus on. And that's what we have to say is, this is what I'm called to do. Lord, you've put me under this pastor and you've put me in this congregation. So I'm going to go. What does my sacrifice need to be? Show me what my sacrifice is supposed to be, Lord, so I can do it. And I can tell you this, it's not a question of if. It's not a question of if. Because if you say, I'm a Christian, if you say, I'm a Christ follower, I know what he said was, pick up your cross and follow me. Pick up your cross and follow me, church. And I know anytime I see a cross, there's going to be a sacrifice. That's what's going to happen. There's going to be a sacrifice when I see a cross. So I have to say, Lord, what is it that you want me to sacrifice? I'm thankful for all those that have sacrificed before me. My Sunday school teachers, the people that have cleaned the churches, come in and prayed on their own by themselves, praying. The people that have done, sacrificed so much time and effort to get this place and to make the church what it is today. It's not just about who's at the pulpit or what's going on. It's the sacrifice of all of us. It's all of our sacrifices that are taking this kingdom further. Hallelujah. That's every one of us. That means I'm not going to doubt or wonder if I'm the most important. It doesn't matter if I'm the most important. What are you calling me to do today, Lord? What is my sacrifice today? Because if you're going to hang on that cross, I want to do whatever it is that I can do. What are you calling me to do, Lord? Because that's what I want to do, and that's where I want to go, and you just need to lead me and guide me and take me there. And I can just think of if he was to take me into a, uh, a, a, a place where I could just see into the eternity and into, into heaven, uh, uh, take a little, it's a wonderful life journey with me. If God said, hey, I'm going to take you into eternity and into the heavens and show you just one face, just one face for a thousand years, a million years, a trillion years, further than our minds can comprehend because we, are, we don't have the ability to comprehend eternity. Our minds cannot ap handle that. We, we can't even, we don't even have the ability to understand it. But if he was to take me thousands, millions of years into eternity and show me one face and say, I used you and your sacrifice to bring this person into my kingdom. They were saved by your sacrifice. They were saved by the tree of life sacrifice. They were saved by the sacrifice of, of all of us here today. And he shows me that face through the ages, through eternity, every day seeing it. And then he says, but with the sacrifices weren't made and he removes that face. And I don't see that face anymore. And that face is gone and lost forever. I just think about what that would be. So it's just one soul. It's just one soul that I care about. If my sacrifice saves just one soul that I know through eternity, I'm going to see this one person. That's enough, isn't it, church? Because whatever we're going to build, it's going to be beautiful. I know it's going to be beautiful. And we're seeing amazing pictures. And soon, you're all going to get a magazine, and it's going to be beautiful. But that building already has an expiration date. Because everything on this earth comes and goes. Everything comes and goes. But one soul, one soul is eternal. One soul. So if that sacrifice you're calling me to do is going to save that one soul, then Lord, just ask. 
What do I need to do? I don't know if it's going to be financial. I know it's going to take financial giving. I know that for certain. But whatever he's asking us to sacrifice, church, because he wants us to be in one accord. When he gets us into that place, the blessings are going to be poured out. The finances are going to come because he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He already owns it. He can provide it tomorrow. But when he gets this congregation in one accord saying, I'm ready to sacrifice, what do I need to do? That's when he's going to pour it out. Hallelujah. And that's when we're going to see these blessings expedited and see that building grown and see those souls coming in. Thank you, Jesus. Brother Colbreth, if you want to come on up. The last thing I'll say, a lot of people, there's been a lot of excitement. And I love it. And I'm so thrilled to hear it all coming up and saying, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I just, I'm just thankful for my small part. Can I just tell you there's no small parts? There's no small parts. Everyone, be excited. Everyone's part is huge because it takes all of us in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on and let's give the Lord another hand praise right now. Right now, right now, right now. Faith is bleeding out of you right now. Come on. Faith is bleeding out of you right now because of that expectation and the sacrifices we're willing to make collectively as a congregation. Thank you, Brother Charlie. Thank you, Brother Duvall. Thank you, Brother Dixon. We are looking forward to what God is going to use us to do. How many can say that? Amen. That I am looking forward to what the Lord is about to do. Uh, Real quick, I forgot one. Uh, This Friday night is our first Capital Campaign Churchwide Prayer Meeting. Uh, It will take place this Friday the 16th at 7 o'clock. Everybody say this Friday the 16th at 7 o'clock. Amen. We are going to begin to tear down walls. Amen. Uh, Also, Pastor sends his greeting from London. God bless you, Pastor. We hope you're listening. We know the anointing and the hand of God is upon you. We thank God for his word today. The Bible tells us that in the book of Revelation, one of the beasts had the face like as of man. John the Revelator was certainly a unique man, a unique man of God. In the same John, this same John wrote passages like in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. This same John in 1 John 4 and 4, he wrote passages like this, that ye are of God, little children, and have overcome the world because greater is he that is in you than than he that is in the world. This same John wrote empowering passages such as in 1 John 5 and 4. And this is what he said. He says, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. I wonder if you can just answer that question. Are you born of God? Uh, You know, you're kind of quiet right now. Are you born of God? If you are born of God, there are some challenges that you should look forward to. If you are born of God, there are some things you should anticipate because the promise is that you will overcome them. There are some battles that you should enter in with eyes wide open, your sleeves rolled up because you are going to overcome those battles and conquer that thing in the name of Jesus. Because you are born of God, you overcome the world. This is what John wrote. John wrote such passages empowering God's people such as John 3 and 3. And this is what he said. He says that verily, verily, I say unto thee that except a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. This is the same John that wrote that passage. And he's letting us know this, that there are some things that we can't begin to access until we are born again. There are some promises and blessings that God desires to release in our lives, but we cannot obtain them until we are born again. There are some places that God desires to take you and I, but we can't go there until we are, we are born again. There are some things you can't even conceptualize in your mind until you are, somebody say, born again. It is a promise from God. This is what John wrote. John wrote such things like that concerning the promises of God because John wanted us to know that there is a place that God desires to take us. John wrote more of the New Testament than any other any other author other than Paul. The scriptures is therefore full of the insights and the personality and the character of John. In fact, most of us know John about what we extract from his own writings. We see that through the gospel he views Christ. We observe his epistles and how he dealt with the church. We see in the revelation the future context and visions in which God gave him. Both scripture and history records the fact that John played a major role in the early church. John tells us things that are important. He divides the Bible or the book of Revelation in the three different categories, and this makes it relatively easy for us to understand because right now we are dealing with the fan of the face of a man. And this is the three areas in which the book of Revelation is divided into. 
The first area that is invited into where he begins to address those things which thou hast seen. And many of us have seen things that have inspired our faith. Many of us have seen things that tell us that hope is yet alive. Many of us have seen things that tell us that I can't obtain that because I've seen someone else do it. That's one area where he divides into the things that we have seen. The next area he divides into, it is divided into, is the things which are. See, right now we're living in that are moment. These are the things which are. Right now we are the tree of life. We're not becoming the tree of life. We are the tree of life. Right now we are believers. We're not becoming believers, but we are believers. Right now if there's sickness in our body, we are healed. We're not becoming healed, but we are healed. Right now if there's any of us that are lacking financial resources or roof over our head, the roof over your head is already there. Financial resources are already in the bank, in your wallet, in your possession because we are. We're not becoming is that we are. So he divides the category category into we are the book of revelations into we are but then he takes us into an area where he shows us a divided book of revelation into the into the next area which states that which is yet to come and this is where we're going we're going into that which is yet to come we are the tree of life but we are possessing the land that which is yet to come we are the tree of life but we are ministering throughout the city of Cincinnati that which is yet to come we are the tree of life but the leaves are yet healing the nations because that is what we will we will become. So he tells us this and this inspires great faith because through that understanding of scripture I see that there are some things that I can certainly look forward to because I am yet now but at the same time I'm yet now I am still in the process of becoming because that which is ahead of us. Somebody say that which is ahead of us. This is what that means. There are many of us here that understand this in this category. If I am a freshman in college or a freshman in high school, you may not be looking forward to that sophomore year. You may not be looking forward to that junior year, but it's yet to come. But you're anticipating a year where you walk out of that school with that diploma. Why? Because that is what your goal was. That is the thing that you were looking forward to obtaining and walking out with with confidence. So this is a thing that amazes me. As a a tree of life and, and as believers, we're walking right now into something that God has already ordained for us to walk in. We're walking right now in the thing that God already has ordained for us to possess. We are walking right now into the thing that God already, already has promised us that we will be yet in possession of. And here's the thing. Anytime God gets ready to do something, God does not choose an instrument. God does not choose a piece of wood. He does not choose brick or mortar, but God chooses a man. This beast had the face like ass of man. And this is what that means there. When God got ready to bring deliverance to Noah in his days, what did God do? He chose a man. When God got ready to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt, what did he do? He chose a man. Here we are now about to break open eternity. Here we are now about to step into the promises of God like we have never seen before. And God did not just choose one man, one woman. God did not just choose two men or two women. God chose the entire church of life, the tree of life, so that we will see the manifestations of the promises of God. God chose a man because he knew a man would hear his voice. God chose a man because he knew a man that would respond by faith. God chose a man because he knew that through that man he could release something that would bless the nations simply because of this individual's obedience. So here's where you and I are. We are right now in the face of that man. We are right now the face of that man. Let me say it that way because now we are about to see what God desires to do through us because of our willingness to sacrifice, because of our willingness to be bold, because of our willingness to walk in the promises of God, we are going to see things that we have never seen before because God has ordained it. So this is what that looks like. As you begin to live your life and as we begin to go through city and through the jobs and and various areas where we go, we have to understand something. That the promises of God are so real to us right now that I'm already seeing what God desires for us to see. Somebody say amen. This is what's so interesting about that passage of scripture. God shows us, or Ezekiel shows us something, and Revelation shows us something. And both Revelation, John and Revelation, and Ezekiel speak of two different beasts, speak of the same beast. Revelation tells us that it was four separate beasts, and each of them had different characteristics. A calf, a lion, the face of a man, and the last one, Brother Duvall is going to be speaking about. But then in Ezekiel, he shows us the exact same thing. And in Ezekiel, he identifies four separate beasts, and each one of those beasts had those same characteristics. But here's what the revelation of that is. Ezekiel, I think it's 1 and 10, tells us that those beasts were angels. Those beasts were angels. And here's how we communicate that in this day and hour. 
Angels are normally referred to as messengers. In fact, it refers to, in this passage of scripture, as cherubims. But understanding that we see the promises of God are being able to be manifested through us because now God is not sending an angel, but God is sending a man. He is sending a man and he is sending a woman that is willing to put their face before the throne of God. This thing is not going to happen because we're willing it to happen. It's not going to happen because we're anticipating it happen. But it's going to happen because we're putting our face before the throne of God. Many of us have already witnessed what God will do for us when we go before his presence. Many of us here right now has already obtained certain promises in God because we have interceded and we have went before God trusting that God will bring this thing into our possession, into fruition in our day and in our time. So in understanding this, as we are going forward into the land, as we are going forward becoming the tree of life, being the tree of life, as we are going forward into our future, I want you to understand something, that what we are about to obtain is going to be obtained because we're before the throne of God. Simply because we're before the throne of God. Now right now, you've already feeling it right now. Before Brother Deval comes, I want you right now, lift your head, bow your head, do something, do something you feel you need to do by God right now. And I want you right now, just begin to intercede. That's right, that's right, we're taking it out of characteristic right now. Begin to intercede right now. No altar call, stay right where you are, stay right where you are, but begin to intercede right now. Because we need to understand our willingness to go before the throne of God. We need to know how to tap into the presence of God. We don't need an invitation, we don't need a church prayer meeting to be called, but right now, come on, lift your voices, lift your voices, I can't hear you. Come on lift your voices because we need to go before the throne of God we need to be before his presence the visit is going to happen because we're in his presence the promises are coming because we're in his presence the blessings are going to be received because we are in his presence come on don't stop don't stop don't stop don't stop don't stop we're about to soar don't stop don't stop don't stop don't stop come on don't stop don't stop I told you something was about to break forth in here. Something is about to happen. And don't stop, don't stop. Don't stop, don't stop. Come on, as we go before the presence of the Lord. As we go before the presence of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Brother, Brother Brian, will you come right now? In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Brother Colbert. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you thankful for audience with the King of Glory? We sang Wednesday night and we sang, you're a good, good father. Hallelujah. There is nothing that he desires to withhold from his children. Nothing that he says, I'm going to go ahead and put this behind my back. I don't, I don't want you to see it, touch or taste it. But I believe that he desires to give us good gifts. And we know that every good and every perfect gift comes down from the father of lights in whom there is no variableness and no shadow of turning. God is the same yesterday, today and forever. We have talked about about the need in this hour to have the boldness like unto a lion and to be filled with sacrifice that our eyes would be fixed on Calvary and that it is only by our face beholding the throne of God that we as men can accomplish his will in the earth and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle someone say a flying eagle I want to declare now that it's an eagle that is flying because there is a difference between an eagle that is at rest an object that is at rest and an object that is in motion hallelujah but the flying eagle is soaring above circumstance the flying eagle is soaring above tempest the flying eagle is given vision to see down into the world with a macro view hallelujah and understand and discern exactly what needs to transpire the scripture declares of the Lord that he found Jacob in a desert land in the waste howling wilderness think about the imagery and the Lord led him out and he he instructed him in Deuteronomy 32 and 10. He kept him as the apple of his eye. It says as an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them and beareth them up on her wings. So the Lord alone did lead Jacob. This body of believers in this time and in this hour is being fashioned after the flying eagle, Whipped in the spirit and the spirit is stirring up the nest some of us have been without flight too long some of us have been tethered by the world too long some of us have had our proverbial wings clipped if you will we've been comfortable in the nest comfortable with the status quo but the eagle has awakened within the church Hallelujah. 
The eagle is stirring up the gifts that are within the body. Praise the name of Jesus. The eagle is fluttering over the babes in Christ, those immature, because even at two years old, Brother Ashley Dixon, they can make a difference with the boldness of a lion and the anointing and power of God. The Spirit of God would that we fly like eagles. Second Samuel records that Saul and Jonathan were lovely and pleasant, and they were not divided. Say they were not divided. It goes on to describe them as being swifter than eagles. There's a connection there to being not divided and to being likened unto an eagle. Isaiah says, and I wish somebody just declare it with me, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Y'all knew I was going to go there. But the scripture says, they that wait, they that wait, Somebody say wait. In the Hebrew, it's kavah. It means to literally come together. Perhaps the scripture describes in its original context by twisting together. Oh my God in heaven. Do you know there's a oneness that God wants to bring to you and I that we be bound together. Hallelujah. Brother to brother, sister to sister, and bound to Jesus Christ our King as one, as one. Hallelujah. This was the prayer of Christ. This is why Jonathan and Saul were swifter than eagles because they were not divided. They were together with commonality of purpose. God says, or rather in Ephesians 2 6, the scripture says, God hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. That's where the eagle occupies. It's the heavenly place. Praise the name of the Lord. The eagle soars. Hallelujah. Psalm 27 14 says, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He shall strengthen thine heart. Let him establish you and give you the heart of an eagle. Psalm 37 34 says, wait on the Lord and keep his way and he shall exalt thee to inherit the the land. We were meant to fly like eagles. Proverbs 20 and 22 says, wait on the Lord and he shall save thee. Praise the name of Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, come fly with me. Come on, say, come fly with me. Come on, who's afraid of flying? Who's afraid of flying? Come on, I want somebody in the boldness that Brother Ashley Dixon described to say, it's time for me to fly. Praise the name of the Lord. It's time for the church to take flight. Hallelujah. I know we're tethered by gravity. My God in heaven, this world is full of men who have been obsessed with the idea of taking flight. It has affected their engineering. They have become obsessed with it to the point that it has taken lives. And do you know in the physical we will never be there but in the spiritual hallelujah though there is a law of the grave that is likened unto the physical law of gravity there is also a law of life in Jesus Christ hallelujah that has overcome the gravity of this world and in the spirit and we have the ability to fly like eagles hallelujah we are ready now to do it praise the name of Jesus like a flying eagle like a flying eagle these are those musicians come these are those that were in the throne of God four beasts four beasts the courage of a lion even after the pattern of our lion the lion of Judah hallelujah the face of a calf that face of sacrifice even after the pattern of the Christ of Calvary praise the name of Jesus the face of a man because you and I as we are humbled in the presence of of a holy God we are even so endued with power that at the works of our hands his works are accomplished did you hear me at the works of our hands his works are accomplished and then wrapping this whole thing up it is God's desire that this assembly the tree of life church would fly like an eagle mount up and fly like an eagle praise the name of Jesus John the revelator heard like Isaiah heard hear the God of of the ages compelling you come fly with me come fly with 
with me at Tree of Life Church. Stand in the congregation this morning. Enter into your destiny today in the name of Jesus. There is a door that has been opened unto us. We are in the spirit. We are standing before the throne. Be endued with the fullness of Christ today. He is here right now. He is here right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wonder who would join me and just extend your hands toward heaven. Father God, I pray that your word would be received in our spirits this morning. Father, there are things that we have need of, God. You have brought us this place to this place, God, with great deliberate purpose, Lord. It is the time, Father, for us to be the children of God that you have called us to be, to walk in apostolic authority, Father, to have the boldness that only comes, Father, and flows from the throne of God, to, Lord Jesus, sacrifice even after the pattern that you've given us, Father, to say, Father, that if our hands and if our feet and if our bodies, God, are there beholding you in your throne room, Father, then we're effectual in your service. Somebody talk to him for a moment. Lord, I pray right now, God, that no law of death, no law of sin, no law of the grave, Lord, would tether your church, but you have ordained that we would fly like eagles, God. Rise up above circumstance. Rise up above, Lord, all that the culture and the world would desire to levy against us and keep us tethered, God. We ask it now in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Somebody worship the Lord. Hallelujah. As our musicians begin to play, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to acknowledge today's an unconventional day. And you know what? That's okay. Because what God is about to do is unconventional. Hallelujah. 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 Church, I'm telling you that the world is hungry and it's thirsty for the water that you have flowing out of your belly. I want you to understand that where God is drawing you is into a place of great effectuality. Avoid the siren song. Avoid the siren song. Avoid being consumed with whatever's next. The NCAA tournament, I guess that's probably next. Whatever it is, but I'm asking you to keep your face, keep your eyes stayed on Jesus. He desires to take us to a place that we have not known. I feel it moving in my spirit. I'm going to share this testimony, and I wish somebody would just respond. I see hands going up across the assembly. Somebody help me build a bridge into the heavens right now. Just last Sunday night, I was on the phone. I have a car that I was trying to sell. And as I began to talk to this individual, he called me on a Sunday night. And he said, I'm calling about the car. And he began to explain that he wasn't going to have money until March 10th. And he went into this thing and he told me about the death of his daughter. And he told me about the death of his father. And as he began to elaborate, I said, friend, I don't think you called me because of the car that's for sale. I said, I wonder if it would be all right if right now I prayed for you over the phone. Can I do that? I had just left the presence of God. Heaven help me if I can't be a witness 20 minutes removed from the Holy Ghost washing over over me I said Lord Brandon's your child you know the path that he takes father he's just articulated to me the pain that he's been through Lord I'm asking you right now because Brandon is fearfully and wonderfully made I pray that you'd wrap your arms around him I'm asking you Lord to comfort him I'm praying right now Lord even though we don't know each other that our creator God would minister to him I'm on Bluetooth Marla's sitting over in the passenger seat wide eyed looking at me let me tell you something we got done praying and he said I don't even know what to say right now he didn't know what to say he was speechless all of the talk about the car ceased do you understand that the world needs what you have and we are ready now to fly like eagles hallelujah 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 hallelujah
dictator to find your response this morning but the Holy Ghost of heaven is here God has set before some of you a choice now and I am asking you to choose life if your heart would so compel you I would invite you to this altar just to raise your hands and surrender and see what God would do ask him to make all the promise everything that the uh, that John the revelator saw in the throne room of God ask him to see that it be manifest in your life as our musicians and our praise singers continue to usher in the presence of God I would ask from the front to the back that we would respond today Lord I'm ready now God I'm ready now I feel a conflict in my spirit Lord it's a conflict with the flesh and the spirit God and I'm determined to see the spirit of Christ alive in me that you would accomplish your will your purpose your work in me and in Montgomery and in the tree of life church show us your glory Lord show us your glory Hallelujah. 